Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham. The people missed the back at it, so I had to drop that again. I'll start the podcast with our usual refrain. And uh, Kyle Porter is joining me as well. Kyle, how are you on this Monday afternoon? I'm good. Don't you wish Gundy did like a different... Does he even do it anymore? Has he done it this year? He usually just says, okay. He just goes, okay. Um, he doesn't say it anymore. And OSU tweets it out, so he's got to like maintain the brand. My favorite is when he addresses reporters that are there at the press conference by their name, like right before he starts. But then he goes like super serious, like during the presser, and like won't like just you know, he he doesn't he doesn't call anybody by their name. But beforehand, it's all like you know Bob and Jimmy and whatever. It's a yeah. Well, you know, he learned when he became the head coach, he took a PR class is what I was told way back when. And I think one of the things he was taught was to, to say people's names when they ask a question. But he only does it for like, you know, Bill Haston, Barry Trammell, a lot of the guys he's known since he was in high school. Yeah. So uh, he, he, does, he does single out a few guys every now and then. Apparently he compared Marshall Scott, our beat writer, to, uh, to Mason Rudolph today. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued to see how that went down, how, how he made that, uh, that leap. Um, That's you were, interesting. You were, you were in Stillwater today. What were you doing there? Yes, I was back in the, uh, the Paul Miller Journalism Building, one of the oldest buildings on campus still. Uh, whenever I get Boone Pickens' amount of wealth, I will, I will donate some money to upgrade that facility. But uh, John Helsley, you know, formerly of the Oklahoma longtime beat writer for OSU, is now teaching at Oklahoma State. And he asked me to come speak to the class, just kind of tell him how I got into the business and advice, pointers, what have you. And uh, I went and spoke to the, to the students today, met a few uh, up-and-comers. So it's always good to get back on campus and, and back in the, uh, the Paul Miller building. What's the most frequent question that you get asked? Um, probably do you ever look to leave Oklahoma city? Like, do you look to go to ESPN and, and oh, network? And, okay. and what I got today was how do you, ma how do you manage, uh, bias with, with doing your job? Uh, so those are, those are two of the most commons I, I probably get. And right. a lot of it, I get a lot of questions about you and, and how the podcast came about. So I had to kind of tell them the story, how we became friends really through, through Twitter and social media and, We've got uh, a lifelong friendship out of the deal, so pretty yeah, cool. That's hilarious. That's cool that people, um, I don't know, listen to it, and yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it was, it was good to be back on uh, on campus, and uh, I guess news was breaking as I was talking about Mason Rudolph becoming the quarterback, which of course we can talk mm. talk about later. But um, no, it was it was it's always fun to go up there. It, it's crazy how fast time moves. I, I graduated in two thousand eight. So it's hard to believe it's been it's been ten years since I've been in that class as a student, but uh, always good to go back and and uh, see the kids. It was yeah, fun. See the kids. Well, I mean, I'm old now, so I can call them that. But I feel <laughs> okay. like an old professor now. Speaking of things that are uh, uh, awesome, which that is, but uh, something else is awesome, Carson. We have a new sponsor. 
This is awesome. This, this is phenomenal. This is I great. Queued up, I should have queued up some music, like the hallelujah music. <laughs> We're excited to have uh, Mid First Bank uh, as a new sponsor of the Pistols Firing podcast. Um, they have a. This is interesting. I I didn't. You know, I'm kind of out of the day to day. I guess world of just Oklahoma life. But Mid First has a uh, an Oklahoma State credit card, Carson. And uh, you can sign up for it. You get a $150 bonus. Carson, there's a really uh, cool thing that they got going on right now. You can go to midfirst.com slash OSU offer uh, to sign up uh, for this credit card. Uh, th- there's, there's a ton of cool rewards that, that they're offering. Like I said, the $150 bonus, you get uh, Bursar rewards options. Uh, that's pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, everybody should go check that out. Uh, if you haven't already, you can go to midfirst.com slash OSU dash offer. Uh, to to look at that, yeah. You remember the dash? There's a hyphen in there between the OSU and the offer. But no, I mean it's it's an exciting partnership, Kyle. I mean, mid first, I know you're not, as you mentioned, around Oklahoma much, but they're like a title sponsor for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I yeah. mean, they're they're a very prominent bank and obviously a very prominent company, and and their name carries a lot of weight. So it's it's pretty much a, an honor to be to be sponsored by them for, for sure. sure, for sure. And and you know, I uh, we've had people at at PFB who used to work there and, uh, have only heard great things. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. We're, we're going to be talking about them throughout the rest of this year, uh, throughout the football season, but everybody should go check out that OSU credit card, uh, show off a little orange when you, uh, when you, when you buy whatever you're buying, when you sign up for the PFB plus program, you can, you can pull out that credit card. It'd be great. Um, Carson, we've got, um, we're, we're trying to do a little, little better job with our segments actually, you know, give them a, a, a title, give them uh, a little uh, a little depth to them. So we're going to call kind of our news section, and, and this is how we always start, but we're calling it the first five. So it's just the first five things we want to talk about. Usually this goes into like us looking up stuff in the media guide. Uh, we'll talk about Gabe Lindsay. We'll talk about like Mike Boynton's shoe collection. Who knows where it's going? But <laughs> off the top, you were in Tulsa on Saturday. You saw Oklahoma State beat Tulsa. You saw Oklahoma State struggle with Tulsa for a little while. Uh, I guess my my biggest question is about is about the defense. It was a it was a tale of two halves. You tried to get my uh, Jim, not Mike Knowles, Jim Knowles. Uh, you tried to run him out of town in the first half. He, <laughs> he comes back at you with a shutout in the second half. What what do we? What's the takeaway here? What are we doing? I thought he might get Lane Kiffin'd at halftime. That's how that's how bad the second quarter went. I mean, I it's interesting too at, at Tulsa Stadium. You know, I was down on the field for the first half, and it was just so hot. It was like 120 degrees on the field. It was just brutally hot. I was like, I'm going up to the press box. I, I like I was actually genuinely concerned about getting like heat stroke. So I went up to the press box, and up there, it's interesting. The coaches' boxes were like right where I was sitting. Like there's like Dave Hunzacker's radio booth, and then boom, there's the coach's booth right next to it. And then our media desks were just right right next to it. So that was interesting. I couldn't hear much coming out of there during the first uh, latter parts of the second quarter, but the coaches leave to go get in the elevator. It didn't get stuck this time. And I see, and it just, the press box gets really quiet when the coaches are walking through. And then there's Jim Knowles bringing up the, the last guy out. And Kyle, he looked like his dog had died. He looked completely. <laughs> completely out of it, completely depressed and completely just resigned to the fact that his defense had gotten lit up by Tulsa. And so like right then, like, yeah, I I tweeted that, look, I I had not been impressed with him through his tenure so far, the first season. And then 
obviously, you know, Oregon State had some success. They did a good job against McNeese, but I just was kind of out on them. Like, I had seen nothing that got me fired up. I, I thought they had regressed since Glenn Spencer. You look at the numbers, that's totally true. They've gotten worse statistically yeah. since they've hired Jim Knowles. So, a lot, a lot to me, it, yeah, a lot. And it, it was just, to me, it was all coming to a head. And it was a huge halftime for him. And I thought it was pretty impressive. To, to pitch a shutout this day and age against anybody is impressive. And Mike Gundy, the first thing he said when he sat down was the adjustments Jim Knowles made won the game. And what he said was Jim made you know some key adjustments in 13 minutes of halftime that he brought a guy from the secondary closer to the line. Uh, and it, it worked out for him. So, I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit because, man, the heat was on, literally, not just the weather yeah. on Jim Knowles, and he responded. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when Gundy talks about that, though, don't you get the sense of like, well, what? Why didn't you just do that before? Like, it's not like they, it's not like they went from like this scheme to that scheme to like, like the fix was like moving a guy up to like one guy, like taking ten steps forward. That was the whole deal. <laughs> and I know, I get it. It's more complex than that. Um, but I, I did think that. You know, I think part of it, and this is why I'm not going to like get carried away with it. I thought, um, what's Tulsa's quarterback, Zach, Zach Smith? Yeah. I thought he was pretty lousy in the second half. And, and I, and that's part of it, right? Is they, they, Oklahoma he State. He was terrible. Yeah. Oklahoma State forced, Stinks. but they forced Tulsa to throw it and they couldn't do it. I mean, they were, they were just hammering OSU up the middle in the second quarter and even to start the third quarter in terms of the run game. And then they, they make the adjustment, they force them to throw, and uh, they just couldn't get it done. And, and so I get that that's part of it, but I just thought he was just terrible. I mean, he had get, he had some guys open. The part that concerns me, Carson, and, and this is probably a, a Texas-related thing, Oklahoma State looked really soft in the middle for a lot of the game, like in the middle of the field. And I love Malcolm Rodriguez. I think uh, Amen on Bog Bamiga, I think I got that, is, uh, <laughs> is a good player. But they just they they weren't getting beat to the edges. They were getting beat right down the middle of the field, and that I, I think that's a disconcerting thing when you're headed into a conference slate that starts off with Texas and Austin. Yeah, that was to me was the most alarming takeaway from the entire game. Really, was the fact that Tulsa in the second quarter was really manhandling them and just running it down their throat. That, like that's to your point about it being a simple adjustment, like. No adjustment really needed to be made for that. You knew they were handing the ball off, and you couldn't do anything about it. That that to me was concerning. And I, and again, I, I got a lot of tweets. Well, well, Israel Antwine's out. Oh, Calvin Bundy. I don't care. They're not it's even, they're Tulsa. Not even starters. They're not starters. It's, exactly. But like people were making all these excuses about, you know, and, Brent, and Brendan Evers is out. I, I get it. Like, look, I knew they were banged up, but I don't care. It's Tulsa. They stink on offense. And they got manhandled. That, that to me, is a huge concern moving to Texas. And so, look, do they need to get some of those guys back for depth reasons? Absolutely. Yeah. But it was good to see them finally bow up and not let Tulsa push them around. Because that, that to me, was one of the worst quarters I can remember of OSU football. Not just the defense, but the offense as well. But I, it was good to see them right the ship and, and get the shutout. They did play well in the second half. you got to give them credit for the that. The second quarter looked like Tulsa was trying to end Oklahoma State's football program. Like, just that's, that's the end of it. Like, they're... Tulsa has ended Oklahoma State. Well, um, and it it started so fast to where, you know, 
like Tulsa just doesn't, they don't belong on the same field as OSU as a program as there was more OSU fans there than Tulsa fans. I don't know. It was just, well, it it, it seemed like OSU just couldn't get out of their own way or else that game would have been much more comfortable. (laughs) The thing you kept, and I get it. Like Tulsa in 2019, like it's different than Tulsa in like, uh, 1999, right? Like they're just like, everybody's just better. Um, just across the board. I, I get that part of it, but the, but the, the justification of like better watch out for Tulsa this year. It's like, okay, like, no, that's not, that's not what we're doing here. You know, like Oklahoma state is a team that if they want to be who they say they want to be, you run Tulsa off the field. And they did that in the second half. But to your point in the first half, uh, Spencer Sanders didn't look great. And I never got to the point where it was like, uh, is it drew Brown time? But some people did. And, I don't know. I'm curious just like your takeaway from being there about kind of his game and and where he stands going into Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning. I mean, I didn't think he played well against McNeese. They got to the point against McNeese that they were running just quarterback run game with him and not throwing the football. Uh, And Gundy likes to say that's what the defense gave them. I don't know if I believe that. I think they're a little they're struggling a little bit with their passing game. I think you saw that again against Tulsa. They really didn't even ask him to do much throwing it other than throwing fade routes to Tylen, essentially. Fade routes and go routes to Tylen was their passing game. Nothing to the cowboy backs, nothing to the running backs. It was very – I thought it was pretty telling. I I made a point of this on Twitter during the first half that it's pretty telling what they think about their passing game, that they're not asking him to make throws over the middle and they're just doing fade routes. And and look – this is to be expected with a young quarterback. I'm not even like down on Spencer necessarily. I just think it's a little concerning that they can't quite open up the playbook yet throwing the ball or they're not comfortable to. And part of that, you could argue maybe that's Mike Gundy's influence. We all know when Gundy has the better team, he coaches a little more conservatively and and they certainly were conservative after that initial interception off the, off the tip pass in, in the first quarter. So, no, I mean, I think it's a huge concern going to Texas because you have to open it up against them. But let's face it, Spencer's thrown the ball, what, 12 times in back-to-back games? That's not that's not the OSU offense. So I think they will open it up against Texas because you have to. My gunny knows they're the less talented team. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm a little concerned with how he's played through three games. Yeah, the thing for me, I wrote about this afterwards. I, I think the thing for me is like <sighs> – He's not, uh, and maybe he's just not being asked to, but we heard all this stuff about, hey, best arm since Whedon, best arm that we've seen in 10 years, like all, all this, all these things about like his arm strength, his ability to throw on the run. And he's, he's shown that at times, kind of, but like, I guess my, like, where's the like 20 yard seam pass up the middle to Jelani, right? Like stuff like that to where you're like, the, the way the, the, the OSU offense that I'm watching right now, it feels like a flag football offense where you've got like, you know, you've got like two or three guys that are like pretty athletic and the other guys are just kind of friends with the athletic guys and they're just like out there running around, but you just throw it. At, this is the way our flag football offense in college worked. We had Nolan Cox on, on the team and we, our offense <laughs> was just throw it to him every time. Cause he's six, six and he can like, you know, his, can dunk yeah he can like, jump out of the gym he can he can like match uh des in a dunk contest which he did in college that that was our whole offense like that was the whole thing and that that feels like what osu's offense is right now and maybe that's sustainable i mean tylen's good enough that 
maybe it just works. That was that was Pitt's offense back in 2003 with Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe maybe that's just the way it's going to go. But I I don't know, man. Like I I don't know if there's been like a I mean the most memorable throw for me from Sanders over the first three games is probably that uh, across the field uh, pass he hit uh, Landon Wolf on at Oregon State. It's a great throw, and that was a throw that you're like, oh okay, like I get it. But he hasn't really he hasn't really made throws like that since then. And uh, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I wrote this. I'm driving the bandwagon into the Atlantic Ocean if I have to. Like I like <laughs> that bandwagon. I am securely uh, attached to the driver's seat of this bandwagon. But his throwing hasn't been what I thought it would be through three games. I would agree. And I will say you look at the Oregon State offense that they ran versus Tulsa. Clearly, going into the season opener on the road against a Pac-12 school, they opened it up a lot more, and that's kind of that's closer to the offense I think we're going to see all season as opposed to what they ran against Tulsa. I do think that matters. I do think Gundy thought, "Heck, Chuba just scored on the first play, 75 yards. Like, let's let's shut it down and not show too much before Texas." Well, I did, do think that's a that's a situation that occurred. I, it, I will give them that. Yeah, it didn't even look like the same offense, did it? No. I mean, and, it, and to your point, they just said, you know what, we're going to hand it off to Chuba and we're going to throw it deep to Tylen and we're going to go win the game. And that's it's simple as that. And that's I, basically what they did. I legit thought Chuba might have like 500 yards rushing after that first try. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, you know, what, 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 how is he going to be stopped? Like, what is that? I thought, I thought the offensive line played a lot better than they did against McNeese, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Chuba, Oklahoma State has the number one wide receiver and number one running back in the country in terms of yards per game. Tylen's averaging 130 a game. Uh, Chuba's averaging 170 a game. Uh, unbelievable numbers. How sustainable are they? For these two guys, I think I think Tylen is sustainable because he's not having 250-yard games yeah. every week like yeah. Chuba. I think Chuba's numbers will come down come Big 12 play, but I don't think they're coming down sub 100 yards a game i mean (laughs) i mean what i've seen from that guy he is just unbelievable i mean i I continue to say chuba hubbard is transcendent at running back that's the word i keep leaning on because it's not it's not just you know we've seen a lot of good running backs come through osu like like kendall hunter for instance or you know joseph randall like this just looks different does it not i mean this looks like and I guess the, the closest comparison I can make to like his comp would be an Alvin Kamara, where a guy can can be as as tall as he is and kind of as big as he is, but just glide like he does. He just glides, and it just looks so effortless. And that touchdown, the way he like the, the way he separates from guys like the secondaries that he plays against, like, and he, it doesn't even look like he's hit fifth gear, and he's just he pulls away. It's just. It's unbelievable to watch, and he's just he's just different than any running back I've, I've pretty much watched at, at OSU. I think the thing that impress has impressed me the most is his, um, and he did this a couple times against Tulsa. Just the way he cuts back, he'll wait, 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 and then cut back, and you're like, wait a second, like how did how did that just happen? Is he is he a first round pick? Are we overreacting? He might. I mean, it's it's so hard for running backs to go in the first round. I mean, Josh Jacobs was like the twenty sixth pick. He was a ladder. He was the only running back taken in the in the first round last year. So it just comes down to need if he's going to be in the first round or not. I think he's a first round talent. I mean, what can't this guy do? Yeah. I mean, he could be a third down back. Uh, he he can catch good enough. 
He obviously can run through the tackles. He's proven he's tough. I mean, uh, that, that's also the most impressive thing about the Tulsa game. Yeah, How many like tough four-yard gains did he have in that game? He had a lot of them to go with the, the home runs. So he's yeah. he's a total package. And, you know, <laughs> you kept saying, is he better than Justice? Is he better than Justice? Like, I'm, I'm going past that already. Like, I'm, I'm, he's, he's climbing up to that upper echelon uh, of, like, the best. Don't of, like, Don't of, tw- of 21. Like, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying he's there yet by any means. Look, Barry Sanders is the best running back in the history of the sport. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but he does things that you haven't seen, really, since Barry in terms of just the breakaway ability at running back. He's, he's better than Justice. Yeah, like, I mean, Justice was a fourth-round pick. I think Chuba's going a lot earlier than that. Does anybody think that he's not better than Justice? I don't know. But that, that's I got to give you credit for that one. You were, you were right about that one. Justice, truthers, truth and justice. Um, well, and that's and then again, that's no disrespect to Justice by any means. Oh, but yeah. the, what we're seeing out of this guy, I mean, it's Barry Sanders stuff. He, yeah. he has more yards through three games than any any running back Mike Gundy's coached. How about this? Uh, nine running back or there's been nine games of 200 plus rushing yards in the Gundy era and Chuba's got two of them this season (laughs) it's crazy and look we have to see it against better defenses but what we're seeing is historic I mean what we're seeing is is one of the best running backs to ever come through Oklahoma State and Gundy made the point too is it's crazy this is that was his seventh game it's the seventh game he's played in as a at the college at the college level well as a starter right I would assume. I mean, he may, I mean, did he he played in like mop up duty against? Yeah, because he played non conference last year. Because they, they only ran, remember they only ran justice like three times in the first four games or whatever. Yeah. Um. So he played early, but yeah. So he started. When did Justice get hurt? But Be- Bedlam. Wasn't it um, around there? So he started. Yeah, he missed most of the Bedlam game. So he started like the last five. So that's like the West Virginia, the TCU, the Missouri, that that kind of stretch. I think Justice got hurt earlier than that. Then he tried to come back or whatever. Yeah, he and set then, up the second half against OU. Yeah, so then then the first three of this year. But yeah, that's a great point. It's his seventh start of his college career. Okay, last thing. Uh, we're going to jump to the pros for a second. News broke this morning. Ben Roethlisberger out for the year, uh, which means Mason Rudolph. Starting quarterback in the NFL. It's How, here. How's that going to go? You think? I think it's going to go well. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm super intrigued by his potential in that offense. You know, the Steelers led the league in passing last year. Uh, they they run a pretty open passing first offense, and he played really well in the preseason. Won that job handily over Josh Dobbs, who they've since traded. And he played really well in that game. He came in for Ben. I mean, two touchdowns over 100 yards. The interception again. Dante Moncrief cannot catch the football. I don't know why he gets snaps over James Washington, but I think I think Mason's going to do well. So much so, I'm I'm considering picking him up in fantasy football because I have Roethlisberger on one of my teams, and mm. I think Mason's going to put up some some stats. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch and see how they tailor the offense around him too. I think he's more comfortable running. I read this on, on ESPN.com. They're they're toying with the idea of the no huddle shotgun style offense. And that's where the NFL's heading. I mean. Patrick Mahomes has changed the NFL, and Mason Rudolph comes from a similar style offense. So I think it's be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a you know we've said this all along, but it's a good situation for him because the infrastructure is good in Pittsburgh. Um, he didn't have to go in right away. He got to sit like like Mahomes did. Did Mahomes sit one year or two in Kansas City? 
One. Okay, so he sat behind Alex Smith for a year. It's, it's the same type deal. And, you know, I, I think that – I don't know. I, I mean, I don't follow the NFL a ton, but it just seems like if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it, right? Like, you don't you don't want to sit for, like, three years or four, whatever. Then you're just kind of – you're maybe not as sharp as you used to be or whatever. It's just, it's good timing. You get to, you get to figure it out for a year. It's still going to be fast for him, but it's not going to be as fast as, as it would have been this time last year. There are parallels going to a good organization like Mahomes did and waiting a year. Uh, so it's very good parallels. And I, I just now saw they're showing it on ESPN right now. I just saw the injury that Roethlisberger had. It was a non-contact elbow injury. That looked like, it looks like almost like a pitcher. After he throws a after he throws a pitch, like kind of wincing, and and he's out for the year with elbow surgery. Like, I think there's a chance this could be permanent. This yeah. could be Ben Roethlisberger, or uh, this could be Mason Rudolph's franchise now. Yeah. I think Ben was always kind of one or two more injuries away from just calling it quits and retiring. He maintains he wants to play out the rest of his contract, but you know he's got to be on kind of that Andrew Luck spiral of rehabs by now with all the injuries he's had. So th- this this very well could be a Mason Rudolph. Uh, franchise now and and that's exciting for james washington because mason will throw him the football i guarantee you that yeah uh non-contact injuries are the absolute worst by the way um okay we already got to why it's concerning that oklahoma state hasn't gone elsewhere uh did we talk about that is it concerning that oklahoma state hasn't gone elsewhere uh other than like chuba and thailand on offense it's yeah. I mean, I I think if you're gonna have concerns for a three and O team that you know that look pretty good doing it, that's that's probably one chief among them. The offensive lines played pretty well at times. I think you got to start looking for more weapons. I think you in the preseason and through the first couple games were concerned about backup running back. I think if Chuba Hubbard were to get hurt, knock on wood that he doesn't. Like that that is a that is a Des Bryant level drop off. Remember when Des was yeah. was suspended the the drop off at receiver. And just the offense in general, I think you would see a similar drop off if if Chuba would hurt. Backup running back concerns me. Need to develop a legit number two receiver. I, I'm surprised how quiet Dylan Stoner's been so far receiving the football. Uh, so no, I, I think that's a concern. I, look, those those two guys are going to make plays on every team in the country they play. But is it going to be enough to win games in the Big Twelve? I don't, I don't think so. They're going to need some other somebody else to step up. Yep, I agree. Uh, okay, that was our five. Those are five things, the first five in the books. Um, now it's time to get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, you got your wish. You called it. I think you, if you guess the exact uni, you should get like, not bonus, you should get like 10 points for what you did <laughs> over the, for your work over the weekend. Well, thank you. I agree. Patriot, I absolutely agree. Patriot Pete, white tops, orange pants looked great. My only complaint, I'll let you have the floor because I know you got some takes on this. My only complaint, I didn't love it as much as I thought I would with the black numbers. Um, yeah. I wish that the numbers were, I guess, inverted orange numbers with black trim. But uh, that's it. Small, small complaint, small thing. I thought it looked awesome. I thought it looked fantastic. One of my favorite road looks they've worn in a while. Yeah. Because as I've, we've talked about ad nauseum, the, the orange pants just, whew, they pop. They look yep. so good. Yeah. And the, the Patriot Pete helmet, I, I kind of panned it the first game against Tulsa when I first saw it. But man, I've, I really like it. And uh, I love how Patriot Pete's kind of become the name for it. People just call it that. I think, I think I 
created that on the on the pod. So <laughs> thank you. I'll, could I get points for that on the uni predictions? Uh, thank you. Uh, but no, it looked it looked great. I, I'm with you on the numbers, but there's 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 nothing you can do about it because yeah. let's say they were to wear black helmets and black pants, like the black numbers would look outstanding yeah. with that, and we'd yeah. love it. So it's just. You can't you can't change the the number of numerals. I, I get it, but I get your complaint. Or else it would have been perfect. But I thought they looked decidedly OSU, which yeah. I think is cool. And yeah. it, they look great. I, I love that helmet. I love the stripes. They look fantastic. No gray. No more gray. <laughs> Orange and white are our colors. <laughs> Did you see the? You know, the guy that maybe we've been impersonating all along was at the Tulsa game. He held up four fingers heading into the fourth quarter. He was actually saying how many Blitnikovs OSU should have. <laughs> that was that in the uh, the Gundy drinking the Gatorade bottle at the end of the game were the two best memes to come out of that game. Gundy's so memeable, isn't he? Oh my god, he's just the best. He's a he's a walking he's a five point one million dollar walking meme. It's incredible. And he he's become so like. It's appointment viewing. If if you don't watch him, go go watch those post game press conferences. He's so much more relaxed after a game than he is on Mondays for his weekly press conference. It's it's night and day, and you learn stuff. Yeah. My, my gunny's pretty open, so it's it's always fun to to go to a game and cover it and get to hear him. Uh, he said he was asked about the blitz call on fourth down. He said he made the call himself. That he he told him to blitz, and we're like. Like Barry Trammell, I think, was like, so how often do you call defensive plays? He's like, he kind of looked at him and goes, a couple times, a couple times a game. L- unless it don't work, then I didn't call it. <laughs> you know, So I think you know, we, Gundy's kind of taken on this CEO persona, but make no mistake, he's on the headsets and he makes, he makes decisions on both sides of the ball. I think he, I think he might have been making a lot of decisions on the other side of the ball on Saturday. I think you're right. Uh, did you see – so my favorite early season Gundy meme that's just a – I mean, if you if we're playing bingo, it's it's an auto check. It's when he wears his Oakleys like like way too long at a home game. Like when, when it – like he did this <laughs> against McNeese. It starts at 6 and by like, I don't know, 7.45, 7.30, it's like kind of – it's pretty dark. Like the sun's gone. But he's just he's he hasn't taken the shades <laughs> off. <laughs> he's done it like four years in a row. It's incredible. I love it. You got to put that to the song "Sunglasses at Night." Just let that play. He and he does. I don't like. I don't think he wears sunscreen. And like the sun was just blasting that OSU sideline the whole yeah. game. He kind of has that Phil Mickelson look to yes. him. The dark skin, the, the shaggy hair. Yeah. Just that leathery tan, you know, just like it looks like a guy that's been outside his whole life, which yeah. he has coaching yeah. football. So he's just he's he's a, a jewel. Yes. We, I love I love covering Mike. He's, I, he's great. I do, too. It's the best. Um, OK, Carson, we talked earlier about uh, the Oklahoma State credit card that MidFirst Bank has created. It is uh, it's awesome. And you can show your cowboy pride with every with every swipe. You can do something else with every swipe, and that is with every swipe from now until October 31st, uh, you can enter to win, you're automatically entered to win, uh, two VIP tickets to an Oklahoma State game in November, among other things. We'll be talking about those other things uh, throughout the rest of this season, but uh, that's a pretty cool deal. You don't have to do anything to enter. You just use your card. So if you have this mid-first card, the Oklahoma State credit card, you're automatically entered uh, with uh, every... uh, 
excuse me, debit card or credit card, you're automatically entered into, they're calling it the ultimate game day experience. So you get uh, two VIP tickets. That's kind of the main thing uh, to an OSU game in November. And then there's a few other things that go along with that, that we'll talk about throughout the, uh, throughout the rest of the season. Awesome. I mean, why not sign up? Yeah, it's great. Love it's it. easy. You don't have to, yeah. Very easy. To, other than getting the, the card, the, the debit card or the credit card, you don't have to do anything else. So pretty cool stuff from mid first bank. Um, okay. We got a great submission. So last week we did uh, Rising and Falling, and I basically thought of it like on the spot, <laughs> and it wasn't a great name, and we're just basically ad-libbing the whole thing. Somebody suggested that we should call it, uh, I want I hope I get this right, Bullets and BBs. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. In honor of, of Oklahoma State's uh, horses that they have at, at the game on Saturdays. So I guess bullets would be like guys that you're like, or things that have gone well. And BBs would be things that are like, you know, stock down, like things that are trending downward. Yeah. Love it. Bullets and BBs. Love okay. it. You go first. Who's your, who's your, what do you got? Uh, well, my bullet, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't go anywhere else other than we, we talked about Shuba. So I'll go with Tywin Wallace. I mean, again, just Tulsa resorting to just tackling him. And still failing to to stop him on that touchdown, like teams have just resorted to just to tackle him. Yeah. That's how good he is, and he yeah. still mossed the dude and scored. I mean, what can't this guy do? He can take short catches to the house. He can moss guys. He he runs great routes. He catches. Every, I mean, how many drops has he had in his career? Very few. I mean, I know he didn't pull down that one in the end zone early in the first quarter, but man, he he is just unbelievable. I thought I thought he came up huge. Sorry, I started laughing. My wife just sent me a picture of her coffee cup, and there's a Lego man floating in it. Which, if that tells you about the the state of our house, our home right now, that's a that's a SOS. Get out of the shed. Come help me. <laughs> so, so bu- a bullet for Tylen. Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go BB. <laughs> I'm I'm only going BBs actually, which is probably not great. But uh, I gotta no. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. Um, let me switch this. Okay, I'm going to go bullet. I'm going to go Jelani Woods. And giving Jelani a bullet sounds sounds weird. I also probably shouldn't say the phrase giving Jelani a bullet. That sounds awful. Uh, how, do, how would we phrase that? How do you say that? Um, just, I don't know. Say bullet. Bullet Jelani Woods. <laughs> okay. Hel- give, him a, give him a bullet helmet sticker. How about that? Okay, there we go. A bullet helmet sticker for Jelani. Uh, Adam Lunt has done a really good job of highlighting how somebody who has zero catches on the year can still have a huge impact on the game. And the reason is because he's become just an unbelievable blocker. I mean, they will run Chuba behind him on huge, um, you know, parts like downs in the game where they have to get a first down or they have to score or whatever. They, they turn to Jelani to, to block somebody and to set Chuba free or, you know, around the edge. And so I, I just, I think it's cool that, look, he's only got seven catches in his career, which is crazy. Like that's an insane thing to say. It's true. I looked it up on Saturday. It might be eight, seven or eight catches in his career. Um, but he still has such an impact on the game. And I think to do that, you have to be, you have to be bought into it. And, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. And I think, eventually will lead him into at least a, a shot at a career in the NFL. 
my hope is that they're just waiting to unleash him in Big 12 play because I need more Jelani Woods in my life. Well, Texas Texas knows all about how that goes. So it, well, when they when they, OSU lines up in the power eye, they better be they better be looking at Jelani springing that was, free. That's my favorite play from last year. Oh, absolutely! It looked like it looked like they were running a trick play by going into a power eye formation. That's how absurd the Big 12 has gotten with the shotguns and the spread formations. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I got I, need, I have a bullet helmet sticker of my own. Or wait, I just did bullet. I'm gonna do BB. I got a BB helmet sticker for LD Brown. I think we just talked mm. about it, but like just the drop off there. I I was pretty high on him preseason. I thought he played pretty well in, in backup duty last year. But man, just the difference in in vision and running ability from him to Chuba. I, I need to see him make some more plays. And and he and frankly, they need him to Kyle because. Mike Gundy said that he doesn't really want to give Chuba Hubbard 32 carries, but he will. But we've only played three games so far, and he's already racking up the the carries. So I'm I'm a little concerned about that. I want to see some more out of LD Brown. Justice Hill in non-conference last year had 34 carries. So that was Boise, South Alabama, and uh, who they play first? Missouri State. Yep. And then, so he had 34 carries through three games. Chuba's got I think 68 through three games this year, or 60. Six, something like that. Basically, double what Justice had last year, which is uh, it's a little bit concerning. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go bullet on bullet sticker to Oklahoma State's non-conference performance. You know, I, I think that I think that people are a little bit leery of osu people that have watched oklahoma state fans they're like i don't know is this team good uh just because the tulsa thing uh, they looked bad early against mcneese i i just think that they did what they needed to do they got the work that they needed to get in and look like let's not pretend that gundy teams have like played way above their competition in teams they should hammer throughout his tenure like that's been the marker right is they kind of play down to their competition and um so I don't know I I thought that there were stretchers so they looked really really good both on offense and defense so I think you could go either way with this like I would I could be talked into giving them a BB sticker for uh, their non-conference performance but I'm gonna go bullet just because of Tylen of Chuba uh, I thought Spencer's looked great at times and the defense ended on a good note for a non-conference play this year yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think they've proven, and again, we need to see more out of Spencer Sanders, but I think they've proven they can outscore any team they play this year. Yeah. OU included, if, they, if they're mm-hmm. clicking on all cylinders. So, well, maybe not OU included, but everybody else. <laughs> okay, do you have any more, or should we get to uh, Chris's one more time? Uh, one quick bullet sticker for uh, Colby Peel. Look, yes. I, know he, I know he leaves some to be desired in coverage, but I love when he makes a big play, his reactions. Yeah. Like, I just find myself like nodding, like that's yes, more more of that. I love that. Uh, he just fi- he fires me up. Did you see him get beat on that first touchdown? I did not. Oh gosh, I'm... I was on the field. I, I you know I'm filming the game and on the field in the first half, and I'm just following the ball, so I didn't get to see it. I am I'm glad for you. Uh, I don't know that you would be handing him a bullet sticker if you would have seen the way he got. He just got. He basically he, got jab stepped into oblivion. Like his he made up for it. Oh yeah, I, look, I love I love Colby Harvell Peel or Colby. Peel. Can we just call him Colby Peel? It sounds so much better. 
He wants to go by Harvell. That's we got to be right. Got to be accurate. I respect. He'll be Harvell Peel. Thirty-one. My bad. Thirty-one's awesome. Um, Thirty-one made plays, but he did get jab step just into just eternity on that first touchdown. Um, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. We'll come back and wrap things up with one interesting thing. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks again to our new sponsor, MidFirst Bank. We're excited to have them aboard along with Chris's University for the remainder of the season. Um, Carson, what's your one interesting thing? My one interesting thing, when I went to the OSU Tulsa game, I interviewed Dave Hunziker, voice of the Cowboys, and Larry Reese, yeah. you know, the, PA, the PA voice of the Cowboys. Uh, we're doing a Boone Pickens special. It airs Wednesday night at 7, and... I just want to point out just how I rue the day that Larry Reese is not the PA guy yeah. inside in Gallagher, Iba, and Boone Pickens Stadium. Sure. Just think of, think about what he's built there with his, you know, when you hear third down and 10 up come and the place just <laughs> loses their minds, like that's all Larry. Like Larry is so great. And it was fun to talk to him. And it's important to note that, you know, Boone Pickens really helped him overcome throat cancer he got him into md anderson and uh he was hugely influential in in helping larry reese beat cancer and i just he's such a great guy i talked to he's super nice super accommodating and i just i've always enjoyed my interactions with him and i wanted to point out that i just rue the day that larry reese is not the voice inside the stadium because it just it'll never be the same whenever that day comes yeah, and I think you just you could say the same for Hunzecker on on the radio side. Uh, he's Absolutely, just, he's become so synonymous with uh, calling games, and uh, I don't know two two good guys as well. Just have been very kind to us, and and uh, are are very, I think, generous and kind in general. Absolutely. So that's that's my one interesting thing. What do you got? Uh, I like that. I've got. Uh, I'm going to push this forward into our next podcast, which will come out on Wednesday. I wrote this after the game on Saturday, Carson. Oklahoma State has not lost in Austin since George W. Bush was the president of the United States. <laughs> How is that possible? Uh, Zach Robinson was the quarterback. And they almost uh, won that game. I think they lost 28-24 when Texas was number one in the country back in 2008. Mm-hmm. They I'm ran far- a receiver screen to Dez. It was a terrible play call. Blame blame Yersich for that in 2008. <laughs> I don't think he had coached yet. He Started was, his coaching career. He was still in college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm fired up for Saturday. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna talk a lot about it uh, on Wednesday, but uh, I don't know. It's just you know I was talking to somebody at, at uh, our church yesterday. He went to Texas, and I was like, man, OSU Texas is just it's always such a fun week. Everybody like surrounding OSU always gets pumped for it. It's you know it's just. It's just different than like Iowa State Week or K State Week. Those are fun. Those are good. They're Big Twelve games, but OSU Texas is uh, 
I think it's, it's been special, and especially after last year's brouhaha at midfield between Gundy and uh, and Tom Herman. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get a redux in Austin this weekend. Yeah, it's it is an exciting week. It, it's kind of like bedlam without without all the demons. It's just you know it's a big game against one of the heavyweights without all the without all the baggage. Yeah, and and plus OSU's won a lot, <laughs> so that that helps people get more fired up for it. So for sure, for it'll sure. be fun. It's on ABC, so we'll be doing a big long post game show on on KOCO. So I'll be I'll be in Austin, Texas for it, and uh, we'll break down all those games that somehow OSU managed to win the last few years in Austin. Are you doing your next pod post game or pre game? Post game. I'm saying you and I will break down all those oh yeah crazy games next next podcast. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, that's it. Thanks, Mid First. Thanks, Chris's. Thanks, Carson. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See ya.